Welcome back to Podcast 81 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us, The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. Sick of using the same thing the market is using? Please visit Shot Quality Bets. Use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click the shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks newsletter or Telegram subscriber. It's Thanksgiving week, my friends, and we had a great weekend of sports amazing weekend for myself my son uh, won the little league division two fall ball championship i was an assistant coach had a fantastic time celebrating we were literally down three runs in the bottom of the final inning and the kids came up strong got on base got some hits and was able to score four unanswered runs to take down the victory. It was just absolutely wonderful experience to do that with my son. From a sports betting perspective, it was also a great weekend. I actually profited on all four sports, all four of the major sports that I bet on, college football, NFL, college basketball, and UFC. So just had a wonderful weekend in total. And now we have Thanksgiving coming up, which is just a ton of fun and a ton of football. So I'm very excited for this week. So just some housekeeping right now. We are not having a show for better odds sports betting on Friday. I will be traveling and spending time with family and obviously trying to digest as much college football as I can. Thank God our trip is short but there's just uh, no time to do it on Friday. I'll be trying to send out a free play via the Twitter or via TikTok or both, really, because I shared on Twitter, on Friday for a college game. So stay tuned and make sure you follow us on Twitter or TikTok at The Odds Breakers. And our Thursday morning show is actually going to be recorded and sent out on Wednesday morning we're going to record it tuesday and tuesday night so that way you have plenty of time to listen to it before you join your whole family for your holiday weekend festivities all right let's get into our recap of the weekend starting with college football you know not too crazy uh, a lot of teams took care of business uh Tulane destroyed SMU. We'll start with Thursday. That was pretty much the lone Thursday game. Congrats to Tulane for kind of bouncing back after that UCF lost. Uh, Georgia, Kentucky, easy under that we hit. That was a snoozer of a game. Uh, Georgia, you can tell they're just kind of going through the motions, just trying to get that game over with. Uh, Will Levis did okay, 20 for 31, 
for 206 yards and one TD. I am I have no idea why people have him top five in their draft board. That is absolutely ridiculous. I it feels like another Mitch Trubisky type situation here. I uh, I would run from anybody that has that bold statement. But Kentucky is at least going to make a bowl. They are six and five, and uh, you know give them some credit for uh, staving off Georgia, even though they're playing against uh, a non motivated and sometimes second string team. Uh, Ohio State versus Maryland. Ohio State was in a little trouble there for a while. Maryland was up thirteen to ten at the half, but then of course Ohio State, being Ohio State, uh, hit the gas pedal and was able to cover that spread pretty easily. Maryland did get a couple scores at the end of the game to uh, make it a little more interesting but you know one of those flat spots for Ohio State and that's kind of why we bet those flat spots I missed this one I just didn't trust Maryland but the next game I did bet Illinois a little sprinkle on that money line very disappointed it didn't happen um well I I guess from a fan perspective it, it makes Ohio State versus Michigan better but Illinois Bielema railed on the officials and he's going to get a penalized for that but he's absolutely right he did um kind of get screwed in that game and that's what happens when you're an away team in some of these conferences uh, you lose the favor of the flag but not only that michigan um it w- is a top team and they get the benefit especially when they're close to losing so the big 10 can you know have their big game uh coming up this weekend of two undefeated teams Ohio State versus Michigan I cannot wait to get into that game by the way uh when we have our guest tomorrow um we're going to talk big about this game I I'm at least going to talk about it and I'll probably ask my guest if he's not doing college football maybe he'll just do NFL um about this game and his thoughts uh because right now having two 11-0 teams is pretty huge in college football TCU versus Baylor just another situation where TCU skates by. Baylor had them, absolutely had them, and they choked. They completely choked at the end so bad that you knew it was coming right when the quarterback shape and did not make that pass. And I, I get into this one a little bit more in the next segment. Maybe the biggest upset was Tennessee losing to South Carolina 63 to 38. What the hell happened here? Spencer Rattler, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, 30 for 37. Where the hell was this Spencer Rattler all year? But as I said before about Tennessee, they're possibly a very vulnerable team because that defense is that bad. And unfortunately, late in the game, they lost their quarterback, Hendon Hooker, to a torn ACL, which is devastating. But, you know, I thought Tennessee should be the safest, being that they're going to be a 20-point favorite here on out. Didn't happen. Probably a great spot if you could hold your nose to bet South Carolina. But the dogs were barking this weekend in some of these uh, conferences, and we we are thank goodness we were able to hit some of them. Uh, Vanderbilt versus Florida was the big play that we hit at plus four seventy. Gave that away on better odds sports betting with Michael Fordham as a guest. Uh, that was wonderful. It was just such a great spot for Vanderbilt and such a bad spot for Florida with Florida State on deck. You know, um, I will say that Florida definitely made an argument at the end of the game, almost came back to win that. Some horrible official gave them 
uh, a stop on the clock to allow them to throw a Hail Mary that was clearly in bounds. And I'm still scratching my head over that. But, um, you know, thank goodness it wasn't a score because that would have been the biggest news of the weekend of how botched that officiating was at the very end. But um, you got to give credit to Vanderbilt, and it was a perfect spot for them. Uh, LSU took care of UAB quite simply. Uh, SC versus UCLA. I missed some of this game because I was coaching our championship game for baseball. But I was uh, leaning USC the whole time. I was like, man, it's under the three. USC has a chance to make the playoffs. I think USC is a notch better, a couple points better on my power rings than UCLA. I just don't see where UCLA has the kind of the get up at the end of the game, like like a Lincoln Riley based team with Caleb Williams. It's just I like DTR, but um, USC had the had the lean for me, and I think as bad as USC's defense is, they're still slightly better than UCLA's. And, you know, this was in California, right down in the L.A. area, Pasadena. So you're going to have plenty of USC fans there. Uh, Miami Clemson. Clemson had another layup against a uh, quarterbackless Miami Hurricanes team. Now you wonder if Miami's going to show up the final week here to try to make a bowl game. They only have five wins. They have six losses. And now they have to uh, play pit for the uh, potential to make the bowl game. I'm thinking that... (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see if they can stick up or, or get up for this game. And I will say that if Miami's quarterback Van Dyke's not playing, that's very worrisome because their quarterbacks this week went nine for 18 for 68 yards. It was that ugly for the Hurricanes against Clemson. Arkansas Ole Miss. I'm kind of kicking myself for not betting Arkansas. I, I I don't know how much to downgrade this Ole Miss team in my power rings because we knew that they had just the simplest schedule coming in, and it's kind of going to show them. But they had, at least did hang with Alabama. So it, just the way Alabama's been looking all year makes me question them a lot too. But via the power ratings, I have Alabama fourth. I just don't know who deserves to be up there. You know, It's hard to get a good gauge on USC, and I think this game against Notre Dame – is going to tell you more about them. I mean, the Pac-12 hasn't produced anyways in the non-conference, so you have to assume they're not that good, or at least not compared to like the SEC and the Big Ten. But you know, I would love to put USC above Alabama. It's just I just think the SEC is that much better than everybody else. Well, them in the Big Ten, personally, you know, maybe the Big Twelve is actually pretty good too. I just don't think the ACC and the Pac-12 are all that good. And that's the reason why I only have USC number 10, 11 in my power ratings. But they are pretty close to some of the Big 12 teams like Kansas State and TCU via power ratings. So uh, I will give them that. Notre Dame, 44 to nothing against Boston College. I think that was cool. Notre Dame kind of finally coming through at the end. And UCF, what a letdown spot against Navy. Jesus, they lose the game outright as a pretty dang big favorite. I believe they were about a 17-point favorite in this game. Massive upset here with UCF against Navy. I I mean, Navy's that dangerous team that will just run the clock out on you and not give you time to score going forward on fourth and two and getting it every time, just playing smash-mouth option football. That's why those option teams are so pesky at times. Very very interesting. Uh, Oklahoma State pissed me off. They should have 
came back to cover that eight points we had as a spread. You know, they are down 13 to 20. Oklahoma scored 28 points the first quarter and didn't score again. And Oklahoma State still couldn't cover this game. You know, very disappointed with Oklahoma State. Uh, NC State, Louisville. Louisville actually won and beat the crap out of them with a backup quarterback. So uh, think about that situation. I thought uh, that's pretty pathetic that uh, NC State uh, fell this far back. Now they're kind of uh, of a very fraudulent 7-4. and four. You know, that game that they beat Florida State was certainly a fraudulent victory. They also barely beat Virginia Tech. I don't know how they beat Wake Forest, but you know how Wake's been playing. Then they lose to Boston College. This team is in disarray without their quarterback. And so I kind of just wonder what kind of motivation they're going to have against their rival. You would think this would be a big game for them to step up, but I am seriously concerned uh, for the Wolfpack coming in. Let's move on to the NFL. The week started off really well for us. I uh, was able to win on the Titans plus the uh, three and a half points. I believe I only took plus three at plus 105 or something, or, or minus 105, something like that. I had a pretty good number. I was shocked that it went to three and a half minus 15. And, you know, it's just one of those situations where the Packers beat the Cowboys based upon officiating. And then the line moved up. It's like, were you watching the same game I was? What the heck's going on? It was just an easy play for me. And it made me jump in uh, in the circuit contest early on a Thursday, which I rarely do. But when a line's way off like that, past the three, we got three and a half in the circuit. I had to do it. Unfortunately, the other games that I picked uh, were pushes. And I didn't pick the Lions. They were one of my odd ones out. Well, the Texans were too, I guess. But... Uh, I went 2-1-2 and two with that nasty Bills uh, push. And I got to tell you, man, the Bills in the fourth quarter just letting so much backdoor action coming in. Now, good thing is that we rebet the Bills when we got our bet back at 8.5 when they moved the uh, venue. And I bet it at 7.5. Thank goodness, because almost, I would say 95% of sports books uh, refunded that money. I had a nice middle set up in that one, but Jesus, man, the Bills uh, let that come back, and so it was a push at the contest at the eight, and then obviously uh, I'll get into the other game that pushed. The Bears actually was that other game because that is the next one on the docket. Bears lost 27 to 24. Their defense just can't carry them. There's no pass rush whatsoever. Uh, Their secondary is all not that good. Sometimes they show up against the run. I really like uh jack sanborn he played for the badgers he's a wonderful linebacker it's kind of interesting he wasn't he was the one that went undrafted and malusi was the one that's drafted and he's kind of playing second string at the chiefs so um i find that very interesting that the undrafted guy from the badgers linebacker is actually doing extremely well but that's what you get when you land on a bad team you're possibly going to be the starter whether you deserve it or not i do think sanborn does deserve it and I, like I said about the Bills-Browns, the Bills should have been able to dominate it by a lot more. The Browns' last-second garbage touchdown to bring it within eight. Just a very uh, disappointing situation for anybody that had a bad number on the Bills or anybody that played them in the contest. Very frustrating. I was trying to look up the Bills' numbers in the fourth quarter, and 
just from an EPA perspective, and uh, it's not calculating. I use some pretty good EPA sites, but it's just not bringing this one up. Moving on to the Eagles Colts. We were on the Colts plus nine, but when we went to plus six and a half, I wasn't eager to take them in a contest or anything, and I was just really happy with the line value. There was no buyback for me because my number was six and a half, but it was a nice, easy, no-sweat win, and the Eagles were fortunate enough to backdoor comeback to win it. You know, This would have been probably a pretty big survivor loss as well. Uh, Jets-Patriots, an absolutely disgusting game. Uh, the Patriots scored that special teams touchdown to win 10 to 3. Anybody betting the Jets at plus four and a half, plus four, plus three and a half would have to be absolutely disgusted by it. Uh, two block in the backs, not called in that game where the officials were staring at it too. It was just very, very uh, awful look for the NFL. Once again, uh, this is kind of becoming a weekly, a weekly thing over the last couple of years. Very disappointed in that. The Saints. Ended up covering for my terrible number that I had on them. It was minus four. I, I, I kind of figured Stafford would play, but I was shocked that it went all the way down to minus two and a half and past the three. It was a perfect spot for the Saints, and I knew Stafford was in. But Stafford with that elbow and his concussion issues, I believe he might have got concussed again. He has nobody to throw it to. I, I guess you call Robinson a, a, a number two receiver, but he's been so bad lately. I don't even know if I give him that. Um, just shocked that it went down that far, but I actually tried to, uh, tease my way out of it because it did worry me some. Unfortunately, I paired it with the Vikings, which is probably one of the biggest letdowns I've seen is how they can only score three points at home to the Cowboys losing 40 to three. What the hell Vikings, you know? seriously <laughs> i mean this was just an absolutely pathetic showing and it just kind of i lean the cowboys i shouldn't have teased the vikings in that situation i actually should have teased my other second choice which was the eagles but that only won by a half a point i was going to tease them down to a half point thank god they won the game but that was just the vikings just look terrible and it's Kirk Cousins against a good team after a big win probably not a good spot to bet them and on the other side of things Cowboys everyone knows how screwed they were or got against the Packers probably a big get up spot for Dallas as was stated in our uh, betting spots article of this week Bengals Steelers that was kind of dicey for a while if you're a Bengals better but they kind of put on the gas a little bit in the second half covered the spread not by a lot the Steelers did get kind of a garbagey touchdown but it wasn't enough to cover the four points or three and a half depending upon what you got uh, big difference with the Bills right because the Bills are always laying over a touchdown being how powerful they are. So teams are just simply backdooring them when they're just letting off on the defense. That's been a very frustrating thing for uh, sports bettors. And then, of course, the Chiefs Chargers at the very end. I admit I didn't watch a lot of this game. I watched the Gonzaga-Kentucky game, which actually wasn't a game most of the time. I think Kentucky did kind of sneak within five points a couple times. And, you know, it... It was just where Gonzaga, coming off a loss, had to get a big victory. And to be honest with you, Kentucky's got the big names. Oscar Tashibwe, 
Severe Wheeler, Jacob Toppin, complete bust, really. I, I'll say something about Jacob Toppin. He's not he's like his brother, Obi Toppin. And when he transferred in from, I think it was like Rhode Island, it was one of those teams, Dayton, Rhode Island, it was something like that. I didn't think too highly of him anyway. And his last name was the reason he's kind of getting by. The problem with Kentucky, they don't play enough defense. They don't play good on defense, and Coach Cal's just kind of have them running. Now, that can get you by in those big tournament-type atmospheres where the officials are blowing the whistles. But if you're not getting whistles, you're going to lose the game. At least with defense, you're in every game, and that's why defensive teams is what I've always favored in college basketball matchups. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And we're going to get started right away with the good. Better at sports betting. <laughs> Our show on Fridays that I already discussed that we were missing this next coming Friday has been amazing for picking dogs once again hit the 470 last week the week before both tony and i hit our over plus 200 dogs that show itself has over an 80 percent roi it might actually be over a 100 percent roi i don't want to look back and <laughs> figure it out because they are free plays but you gotta you gotta get on board with these money line that uh myself and our guests are playing these money line dogs are great situations we think very hard about them and we pick our best one and over the last two three years kyle and i have been on fire with it so really happy for better odds sports betting the the good too is really the big 12 um texas and oklahoma did take care of business uh and finally they did it on the same weekend right it's usually one team absolutely getting a massive letdown or losing outright to some team they shouldn't be losing to and they happen to both win and cover their spread so good for them and then i guess good for tcu even though they didn't deserve it they are in the college football playoffs right now it probably would take a massive letdown against iowa state and against uh the big 12 representative which is probably going to be kansas state they play kansas uh but uh uh looking good so far for tcu uh, Pac-12, USC, you got to say that USC is in it. If USC wins out and beats Notre Dame and beats like Oregon, I believe it's Oregon. Yeah, it's going to be Oregon coming out of the north in the Pac-12 championship. You have to put USC in. I, I personally think that unless this Ohio State-Michigan game is so close all the way up to the very end, you know, how do you not go by what? The committee says in a Power Five conference that they take the championship game seriously. Now, it sucks as a Big Ten fan because I would love to see Ohio State and Michigan both in, and I have them both higher in my power ratings uh, than USC. But as a just like a general college football fan, you want representatives in the playoffs from all over the nation. You want uh, the West Coast watching it, you want the North watching it, and you want the South watching it, right? Or the East Coast as well. It's, uh, it's big, and that's also why I want more playoff teams because I hate it when just one area in the United States only has the representatives. Cowboys. Woo! <laughs> this team was very good this weekend, and uh, 
I they were they look completely unstoppable. If they played like that against anybody, they they would have beat them. If they played the Chiefs like that, they would have beat them. If they played the Bills like that, they would have beat them. The Cowboys just looked completely perfect that game. So you're going to get that sometimes, and uh, it makes you wonder if they get overvalued the next week. But I will say that the Giants are an absolute disarray uh, for some of their injuries that are popping up. Another good. My son's Red Sox team that I'm an assistant coach at winning the championship for fall ball. I was so excited for him and to experience that with the whole, all the kids, not just my son, just a great group of kids was so happy to share those moments. It's something that you'll never forget and you will remember forever. So it was, uh, put a lot of time into it. We had practices multiple times every night. So I had to miss sometimes some games and sacrifice for the kids, but it was well worth it. And uh, now I'm really going to miss it, to be honest with you. That's bittersweet about it. I'm going to miss this team and all the trials and the tribulations that we went through throughout the whole season. Now for the bad. And we're going to start with the Big 12 with Baylor. And thank goodness we had the plus three or Maybe some of you had plus two, plus two and a half. I believe Chris Felica gave this play out as well. But at least Baylor covered the spread, but Blake Shapin froze up. You know, he it was, it was third and 10, I believe. And he had a wide open tight end to throw it to. A dink and dunk type, just eight yard toss to him. Easy first down, wide open. And he froze up and tried to run the ball and get it himself. I think that was his whole plan, maybe in the back of his head, but that is not how you play football as a quarterback. You take the you take the guy that's going to make the play. He was not going to make those 10 yards. He got eight of them. As soon as he got eight, I knew for a fact TCU was going to punt the ball or, or going to get the ball off the punt and score a field goal to win. I absolutely knew it. Their, Baylor was only up by two at that situation. But I will say that Coach... Dykes really tried to blow the game himself. No timeouts. He runs the ball, has to rush his field goal kicker out there, and he barely gets the kickoff with a second or two left. It was it blew my mind that how bad that was mismanaged as well. But I see that that right hash was so important to him, so that's why he ran his kicker out there and absolutely did it. But a very exciting game for TCU backers. But man. Uh, that team that that game was almost blown on one side and was kind of blown on the other. Another bad is the Blake Corum injury. I think he's gonna play, which is good news. But Michigan's kind of beat up at wide receiver. I guess you could say Ohio State was with Smith, Smith Majigba the whole year. But my, I guess, uh, conspiracy theorist in me, right, thinks that Smith Majigba has just been held out all the way through until this game. Maybe he was a little bit banged up on that hamstring, but man, I just think that Ohio State's like, look, why do we play our star athlete? Let's just play him at the very end when we need him. <laughs> maybe that's actually a smart thing. I'm not saying it isn't, but I think that maybe you'll see Smith and the Jigba coming this weekend to join Marvin Harrison and the rest of this team to uh, play this massive game against Michigan. Now, uh, Ohio State's got some banged up running backs as well. I believe that Henderson is a bit banged up. Um, Williams, Mayan Williams, is listed as day to day. 
I thought he played last game. Um, uh, no, he didn't. He didn't play last game. He got hurt in the Indiana game. But uh, I think he's going to play too. But I think Michigan's a little bit more banged up at their receivers. But I also assume that Michigan's going to play. I think the kids are all going to come and show up. I think these are just not like serious injuries that will take you out. But I think, uh, you know, they get warmed up and get the blood flowing. They can uh, make an appearance on the field for the biggest game that they've ever played in, most likely. I guess you could say when they played Georgia last year, but right now they're undefeated. This is a massive game for the Big Ten this weekend. Another bad is the Hennon Hooker. Torres ACL in a game they're going to lose anyway. Just absolutely devastating for uh, Tennessee backers here. I tweeted Brad asking him, uh, Brad Powers, what he thinks about the injury. He didn't get back yet, but I think it's probably at least a nine-point downgrade. That's how important Hendon Hooker was to this team uh, down to their backup, Milton. So... I am seriously concerned for this team uh, playing Vanderbilt in kind of like a little in-state small rivalry uh, coming up this weekend. Another bad, Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the Jets. I just saw a tweet out there that he's being compared to Jamarcus Russell and his numbers actually mimic Jamarcus. Jamarcus's. He's, his numbers are actually worse through the amount of games that he has played in some areas than Jamarcus Russell. So that wasn't a good-looking tweet for him. And he had the press conference last week, or last week, yesterday, and he really didn't put any of the blame on himself. So that's just looking pretty bad in the media himself. But at the same time, man, what a fortunate situation that he was such a high draft pick for himself. He looks like a complete fraud. I mean, God, I wish I could go back in time, be the quarterback for Baylor on a COVID season where you played absolutely nobody, a bunch of like FIUs, you know, a bunch of teams like Arkansas State. I can't remember their schedule, but they played nobody, made Wilson look great and he ends up being the number two pick of the draft playing for the New York Jets. Fucking bullshit! Why, why couldn't that be me? All right, next we have the myself as the bad. I forgot to put out my free NFL picks for the weekend, and they, they've been killing it. But then again, if you're a listener to this podcast, you got them anyway. The, my free picks were the Bears plus three and a half. That would have pushed. No, wait, the actual three and a half would have won. It went down to three, but it was in three and a half some books. Actually, my other one was the Texans at plus three and a half. So you actually would have lost that one. Same amount of stars. But the refuse to lose teaser is on its way to potentially winning. You have the Niners leg that's still left at minus two. But you have the Raiders leg that uh, covered easily. So hopefully we can cash that for tonight and finally the other bad is the giants it's it's that trade for Kadarius tony because they just lost another receiver in wandale robinson seriously 
what the hell are you doing, Giants? I know you've, you're a little bit fraudulent with your numbers, but a seven-win team trading away guys they're going to need in the future when you have a playoff run coming up? Seriously, what are you thinking? What, what were your thoughts? The fact that Galladay isn't getting along with you. The fact that your tight end, Daniel Bellinger's been out you know, before that trade, the fact that Sterling Shepard's on IR before that trade, you know, what the heck is going on and going through your head? Now you're stuck with Galladay, who's not that good and definitely not that happy. Uh, Darius Slayton, which is below average at best, and uh, Rick James. (laughs) What an absolute joke. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! What? Slap! Now the ugly. Tennessee's D. I'm talking the college Tennessee, not the Titans. How the heck do you allow 60-some points against South Carolina like that? And I know this was a massive get-up spot for South Carolina, who's probably going to miss a bowl game. I mean, God, if I miss that and didn't bet South Carolina, I'm going to feel pretty stupid about it. Um because maybe that was part of the motivation here, and I'm pulling up their record right now, to win this. Yeah. Um, no, they already had, they were already in a bowl. Five, six, yeah. But they just wanted the big upset here against a top team like Tennessee. Well, now they got it. And <laughs> Tennessee dropped all the way to number nine in the AP poll, but maybe they should be less with the whole Hendon Hooker injury. Just ugly on Tennessee's part for the D. I had Tennessee in. They're going to go in over the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game. So awful for Vols fans. Uh, UCLA kind of blew it at the end, too. That was kind of ugly. Um, Throwing the interception there when there's basically no defense in this game whatsoever. That was ugly uh, for UCLA in this game. Uh, UNC losing to Georgia Tech. That's terrible. I mean, how the hell do you lose to Georgia Tech, the worst team in the ACC? What an absolute letdown that North Carolina had. Because if North Carolina could have beat Clemson in the finals, they would have had one loss and maybe they would have had an argument to get in to the college football playoff, but not no more. Now that you lost at home to Georgia Tech, absolutely pathetic. Uh, The Vikings let down, that was ugly too. It was ugly. It couldn't even cover a teaser. Didn't even sniff a teaser. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if that game went over. A lot of people bet the over, but the Vikings scoring a total of three points certainly wasn't able to get the job done to go over 47-48 which was the common numbers in this game. That was absolutely ugly. And maybe the ugliest thing was the Patriots winning on a special teams touchdown when you're sitting there holding three and a half or three, you know, about to go into overtime while the officiating purposely did not call two clear block in the back penalties. Put your drawers on and take your gun off. All right, now it's time for College Football Week 12 misleading final scores. 
Toledo outgained Bowling Green 482 to 456. He had lost 42 to 35. A 3 1 turnover. Toledo special was the difference. And uh, that's just Toledo's issue there. The Mac is actually kind of up for grabs still coming into this final week. SMU's yards were a ton of garbage as well. So I'm not going to talk about that against Tulane. UCF outgained Navy 314 to 248. Yet lost 1714 to 2 to 0 turnover ratio, as well as poor third down efficiency killed the Knights. Florida's yards were maybe garbage versus Vandy, so I want to mention that. Baylor outgamed TCU 501 to 442, yet lost 29 to 28. Poor quarterback play for Baylor at the end of the game got them. UConn outgamed Army 370 to 320, yet lost 34 to 17, a 2 to 0 turnover ratio, and poor red zone offense and defensive efficiency killed UConn. Arizona's yards versus Washington State were garbage, so not going to get into that. Maryland outgained Ohio State 402 to 401, yet lost 43 to 30. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio and poor red zone efficiency got Maryland. Uh, Western Kentucky outgained Auburn 385 to 374, yet lost 41 to 17. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio burned them bad. This game was actually much closer until the very end. By the way, the top five uh College football teams in my power rings all got downgraded this week. Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, you know, all of them took a pretty bad beating uh, this week from where they were just based upon a lot of poor play. Iowa State outgained Texas Tech 422 to 246, yet lost 14 to 10. That's pretty massive, almost 200 yards there. They won the turnover by one at zero, yet just horrible red zone efficiency on offense killed them. Oklahoma State's yards versus Oklahoma were mainly garbage time, so I want to say that. Oklahoma was winning 28 to nothing for first quarter of that game. Uh, Ole Miss outgained Arkansas 702 to 503, yet lost 42 to 27. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio did them in, and UNLV outgained Hawaii. 427 to 369 yet lost 31 to 25 they won the turnover battle two to one yet lost due to bad red zone efficiency college football week 13 betting spots letdown spots south carolina will think that they're good at clemson next week after beating tennessee so uh you know be thinking about that i just kind of curious let's see where that line is while i think about that clem favored minus 14 and a half so yeah i mean there's gonna be some people betting south carolina here but i also will say that clemson's not exactly the powerhouse that they were once before next we have get up spots anyone trying to make a bowl game (laughs) that's a get up spot so think about that anyone with five losses you got to be careful if you're going to fade them uh, Tennessee at Vanderbilt after the mighty choke job from last week is a get-up spot. Clemson needs some style points versus South Carolina. Uh, kind of like the disrespect card is what they might play. Uh, Oklahoma could let down at Texas Tech after beating their in-state rival Oklahoma State. And USC might get up for Notre Dame, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. They're, they're going to need a big game against Notre Dame, and I think the Irish is going to want to shut them down as the rivalry continues. Look ahead spots. Georgia looking past Georgia Tech to the championship is very possible against LSU. And then LSU looking past Texas A&M to Georgia is very possible as well. So keep that in mind this week. But TCU looking past 
Iowa State to the Big 12 championship is very possible. So uh, keep that in mind as well. NFL Week 11 misleading final scores. Just two of them, really. The Bears outgained the Falcons 288 to 280 at lost 27 to 24. They won the turnover battle 2 to 1, but had bad special teams giving up a TD and just too many penalties against the Bears. The Bears have been the zebra's bitch for the last uh, 30 to 40 years. Cleveland's yards were mainly garbage time versus the Bills, I want to say. So I'm not going to say anything misleading on that one, but that's just kind of what the Bills do. So I guess you got to kind of be careful betting them as a big favorite. You know, it's just not coming through so far. Uh, the Packers got backdoored. The uh, last week got backdoored as well against the Vikings, as we all know. And this week got backdoored against Cleveland for certain lines out there. The Giants outgained the Lions 413 to 325, yet lost 31 to 18. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio did them in. Let's get into NFL week 12 betting spots, letdown spots. The Lions could let down against the Bills after beating the Giants. I find this a fascinating game because the Lions have been out of Detroit longer than the Bills. Although I'm hearing the Bills might go back home, being that this is such a weird situation. So I'm going to monitor that and think more about that. The get-up spots. Titans are in a revenge spot hosting the Bengals. The Packers at the Eagles after they want to save their season is a big get-up spot for the Packers. You heard heard Aaron Rodgers say that right away. We have the Eagles next. We have the the Packers with seven losses. I think... uh, need to really get up uh look ahead spots the bears might look past the jets to the packers that's very possible i mean you have an injured fields his shoulders messed up it's not his non-throwing shoulder at least why play the bears or sorry why play justin fields against the jets it makes no sense to me just play him against the packers you're not making the playoffs you want a good draft pick no reason to play fields in my opinion the patriots might look past the vikings to the Bills as well. All right, time for our college football free play that we give out every Monday night slash Tuesday for this show, and we're going to go to the Big Ten. No, it's not the Michigan versus Ohio State game. Maybe that would be for the next podcast, but we're going to give out Illinois minus 12.5 at Northwestern. Look, Northwestern's terrible, and when I say terrible, they're probably group of five medium terrible, you know, minus six in the power rings, minus seven, something like that. They have no, nothing going for them. They're, they're not making a bowl game. And I do like their coach. Maybe Gary Patterson gets them going for one last game in state rivalry, but that doesn't mean that Illinois is not going to get going because Illinois has an outside shot of making the Big Ten championship game if Iowa and Purdue lose. Probably not going to happen either, but you know they want to finish their season strong, and Bielema's pissed. Uh, you could tell from all the statements that he made this week from the Michigan game. I think that just like last year, Illinois comes and stuffs them, just absolutely stuffs them. Last week, Lear, Illinois beat them 47 to 14 and not a heck of a lot has changed except Illinois got better Northwestern got worse 
Illinois, still a nice one net yard per play. Northwestern is minus 0.97. (laughs) So you have a two-yard net yard per play advantage for Illinois. Illinois' defense only allowing 4.29 net yards per play themselves. That's massive. And I think Illinois is just going to be able to run the ball down Northwestern's throat, who allows 4.64 rushing yards per attempt. This is a Brown game. I think that Chase Brown uh, definitely gets his here and makes a big statement for how good the fighting Illini has been. Another key thing to this situation is that Ryan Helinski, the quarterback for Northwestern, is banged up, and he might not even play this game himself. I need to get better reports on that. You know how hard it is to get accurate reports in college, but you know he's very banged up. And Brendan Sullivan himself, the backup, is also on the injury report as well. So this team doesn't really have much of a quarterback possibly coming into this game. So we'll have to see. Both are listed as day-to-day, but I am just uh, not sure who's going to be the quarterback, but I'm not sure if it's going to matter. I also think a team total on Northwestern on the under might be a wonderful look here uh, in this game as well. Take it for 2.5 stars, lay the minus 12.5. Well, it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football with our guy, D-Nasty. Now it's time for a little fantasy football. We got our guy, D-Nasty, back. David, how the heck you doing, man? Good, good. Ready for some turkey Thanksgiving this week, a little turkey ball, a little turducken, John Madden style. Well, Ready to go. I'll tell you this. Uh, the, the Cardinals won't be enjoying thanksgiving if they keep getting whooped like this 38 to 10 their families might kick them out of the house (laughs) it's just old-fashioned butt kicking by the 49ers Uh, the 49ers gonna be a scary team man come playoff time man i'm telling you i agree uh jeff benson from the circuit just uh twitter uh, tweeted out that he's got the niners favored over the eagles on a neutral as well as the cowboys too so that's Really that's, saying something. That's not too far off, though. I'm telling you, man. I, I agree. I agree with it. I would bet the Niners probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're just powerful, powerful run team. They do have some weakness against the pass, but you know they're playing backup quarterback right now. They were exposed yeah. a little when they played the Chiefs, so people should at least try to remember that. But anyways, Dave, it's fantasy football, and that's what we're all about. What kind of bye weeks do we have? None, no bye weeks this week, so you do not have to worry about buys this week. Actually, I know so, it's interesting that there's no bye weeks. I I thought that Thanksgiving week there was still bye weeks, maybe one or two teams, but this week there's none. But you do have to have your lineup set early, don't you? You do, yeah. For the Thanksgiving Day games, there's actually some good games actually this Thanksgiving. I do like the Bills Lions matchup. Lions are playing well, one two straight games. Giants Cowboys game could be a good game if the Giants show up. And the Patriots-Vikings game, actually, it might be a good game as well. So uh, there might be some good games, actually, on Thanksgiving Day. It does. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, the Giants, I think, are a little fraudulent. You can see in the line there. But at least the Lions are an offensive team. They might put up some points. They just have a bad defense. You saw them go to the New York Giants and put up a ton of points. And then uh, 
what's the other game? The I'm gonna pull it Patriots up here. Vikings. Yeah, Patriots Vikings. That could be a little dull. We'll see. The Vikings are in a little bit of a get up spot after that ass whooping. Holy cow! They. Uh, oh yeah. The, the, the NFC North just oh so bad, man. It is, it is. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's, Patriots have a good defense though, so they they can give them a run for their money if if their offense can show up. So we'll see though. <laughs> there could be some blowouts or there could be some good games this week so it's really hard to tell though but we'll see which teams show up here <laughs> yeah let's see which teams show up my man well no bye weeks which is a good thing so let's get right into key injuries then i just have a few kyle pitts torn mcl oh needs surgery poor guy not like he was really ripping it up he was like a semi-bust no. he was like he was kind of a bust this year anyway but still, I mean, he you drafted him. If you're in a dynasty league, you're a little bummed out because this could set him back even past the beginning of next season. So those torn ligaments are bad. Uh, quarterback Justin Fields with left shoulder. The first report was that it was dislocated, and then another report came out saying it wasn't. I personally feel, Dave, they should rest him anyway. Why you got Fields? He's running his ass off, you know, getting just killed out there. The Bears aren't making the playoffs. I just no. say rest them for the Packers. And they said he had a hamstring injury, too, before halftime, too. He's running around with a bad hammy, they said, as well. So he's, a he's banged up pretty good. He's a break. It's a 17-game season now. Uh, and I'm just saying that because I bet the Jets. Uh, running back Joe Mixon has a concussion. Um, I think that's uh, semi-important there. I Joe Mixon was a beast. Maybe the best running back this year. I don't know. He was right up there. And uh, now there's going to be a big pig pickup on the waivers we'll get into. Uh, wide receiver Kadarius Tony has that wonderful game the week before and then gets, goes out early with a hamstring. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, same team on the Chiefs uh, with an ankle. He's always injured, man. That dude's a trying, oh, yes. to, trying to down himself. And uh real bad injury for the Giants. Wandale Robinson torn. His ACL, and that is bad news, Dave. But that's all I have for injuries. Anything I missed? All right, and then I got another one. Uh, receiver Mike Williams, who just came back from injury, uh, injured his ankle. Uh, Kenneth Murray, their star linebacker, neck injury. Uh, and then Chase Edmonds, uh, ankle injury. So he, he might be out for a few weeks. And, they, and then another not injury note, but Melvin Gordon was cut after fumbling yeah, his last yeah. game. So just make that a note so you, he's no longer on the team anymore. Uh, Matthew Stadford, he's being uh, evaluated for concussion as well. Uh, we'll talk about who to pick up to replace him this week but in a little bit here. Uh, and then Michael Carter, cornerback uh, for the Jets, is out. Uh, running back Jalene Warren, uh, who's been looking really good this year, hamstring injury. Uh, so actually, Najee Harris had a great game this week, which we'll get into a little bit here too, but uh, that led to that great game. And then another one of note, Zach Wilson uh, stunk it up this week, so uh, he may be getting benched this week. So we'll talk a little bit about that and the guy that you might want to pick up to replace him as well. And that, that's very interesting too. And yeah, MG3, our former Badger, finally, you know, he got paid at least. He made some money oh, yeah, in the did. NFL. I was happy with what he did. Oh, yep, there's your pick for the Niners. Right in the end zone there. That game's over. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad for him. I could see you should hold on to him, though. And if someone drops him, I would say that could be a speculative pickup because I, I could see the Chargers picking him up. He used to be a Charger. So, you know, there's some familiarity, at least with the organization, not necessarily the playbook, but I believe he was under the Vance Joseph playbook before. Um, 
but he is, uh, you know, available, and I'm sure somebody needs a, a running back, and they can't cut Russell Wilson, so Melvin Gordon got the blame this week, my man. That's how it is. Uh, it, he was toasted by the end of the season anyway, but um, I, the Broncos just keep getting worse and worse. Let's move on to the waiver wire, Dave. Who are we picking up? All right. Uh, number one on my waiver wire is going to be Taylor Heineke. Uh, only 14% owned right now, and he gets a home date with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's got that team playing really well right now, so definitely pick him up. Uh, he's someone I would actually start this week. Uh, another guy who's only 48% el- 48% owned and is eligible in Week 13, Deshaun Watson. Uh, a lot of people might have forgot about him, but uh, definitely go and pick him up if he is still out there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, actually, he's been balling the last couple weeks after he's came, come back from injury, only 16% owned, and he's playing a poor Bengals secondary that is not very good. Uh, so a couple pickups at quarterback there for you. Running back, uh, the top waiver wire target this week should be Samarji Perrine for the Bengals. If Joe Mixon does miss this week, he will be the starting running back, and he did have several touchdowns this past week uh, when Mixon, after Mixon went out. So definitely add him anywhere you can. Uh, we'll see what Mixon news comes the, out, though, with the concussion. But uh, if he were to miss this week, he's going to be a number one running back. Uh, Latavius Murray, only 23% owned. Uh, with Chase Edmonds hurt and Melvin Gordon cut, uh, Latavius Murray is now the starting running back. He had 17 carries in week 11, while Gordon only had eight. Uh, and Gordon had that costly fumble. And Murray scored a t- short touchdown this past week, too. Uh, so he's touchdown dependent, but definitely a speculative add. Jerick McKinnon for the Chiefs. Uh, him and Isaiah Pachiro uh, once again ran the show uh, and for the Chiefs. And Pachiro had nearly 40%. Of, he's only owned in nearly 40% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, he, turned, he turned 15 carries into 107 yards. So if either one of those are out there on the waiver wires, definitely McKinnon and Isaiah would be your first choice. But McKinnon definitely is someone out there you'd want to take a look at. Average receiver, uh, I hate to say this, but he blew up against the Packers, actually. Traylon Burks. Uh, big hype on him before the season started. He had seven catches uh, for 111 yards this past week. Uh, and he only played 56% of the snaps and 50% of the snaps he played in the last two games. So uh, he's, he's actually playing more now and he's getting healthy. So definitely take a look at him. Uh, a deeper pickup would be Justin Watson for the Chiefs, only 8% owned uh, with Kadarius Tooney out now. Uh, he's definitely going to get some play. Uh, Devon Peoples-Jones, I talked about him last week, so I'm not going to really go into him, but definitely look, pick him up if he's still out there. Definitely consider him. Uh, and then at tight end, Foster Moreau, uh, he's still playing. Uh, he's with the tight end out, start, starting tight end out. He's still going to be starting for the next couple weeks while uh, the starter is on IR, so definitely take a look at picking up Foster Moreau. All right. Now, I have some of those. You went a little deeper than me. I have, well, some IJP Ryan, one of the number ones here for this week. And I agree with Taylor Heineke versus, uh, what is it? Uh, Falcons. The Falcons. Yeah, Atlanta has a very uh, bad pasty. Uh, Travion, Travion Williams uh, for the mix and injury, if not Samaje P. Ryan. So um, I think deeper league, Travion Williams um, could be a potential streamer if you're desperate. Wide receiver Richie James for the. Uh, Wandale Robinson uh, injury. That's a good one. Probably should put Wandale in front of Robinson. There's too many Robinsons out there. Uh, 
And because uh, and, I also have wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, nine targets for the Ravens this week. You know, he's yeah, he stepped it up this week. Big time stepped up this week. So I'm thinking he might be one of the favorites there for uh, Lamar. And, uh, and if, uh, if you got any Jets quarterback, if you have Zach Wilson, definitely Mike White is a spe- speculative ad if they do bench him this week. So there's a good possibility that that does Is happen. it Flacco or White? That's gonna be white. He's this. He's been the backup the last two, three weeks now. Flacco hasn't even been active the last couple weeks. Yeah, that's what I kind of imagine. Anyway, Trevor Simeon. If you're desperate too, uh, if yeah. Fields might not play, you know, you might get a streamer with Simeon uh, this week. And it's not like the Jets D is all that great. You might get some something from him. Uh, and this is like if uh, you know, maybe you're that bad luck guy that lost their quarterback Kyler Murray or something and he's gonna be out again the next week. Uh Sky Moore uh for the Kadarius Tony injury. You know, I think that Sky Moore if Hardman stays out out and a few of the other guys, uh Sky Moore might benefit from this. So look for him, Dave. Yeah. I definitely like I said Justin Watson's the guy I thought we might pick up the slack too, but either one of those guys, one of those guys could definitely blow up the next couple of weeks with the injuries they have there. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean Justin Watson's just a normal dude, but uh with <laughs> Mahomes throwing to you, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's move on to non starters trending up for week twelve. Wide receiver Alec Pierce versus the horrible Steelers pass D I have and uh I think he's going to start balling out now that Matt Ryan's back throwing to him. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers uh, versus the Vikings D is a possible streamer this week. Uh, the Vikings D was like uh, Swiss cheese last week against the Cowboys, as we all know. Tight end Logan Thomas versus Atlanta's pass D to partner with Taylor Heineke as both non-starters trending up against Atlanta. Wide receiver Gabe Davis versus the Lions bad D. I mean, they... He's made a lot of my trending up here. <laughs> I think uh, this might be the last week I say to him, but um, Gabriel Davis, I think, has a, sh- has a g- good game this week. Uh, wide receiver Allen Robinson versus the Chiefs D. The Chiefs D, they give up a lot of yards. They're just really good on offense. So, you know, that's all they have is really Allen Robinson there and Van Jefferson. It's They're so banged up there in the Rams. Uh, Stafford also went out again with a concussion, didn't he, Dave? Yeah, and uh, the Bryce Perkins is the guy that pick up there, but that's a, that's a deep, deep uh, pickup. So that's why I didn't, really didn't mention because Wolford is out with an injury as well. So if he doesn't play, Bryce Perkins would be the starting quarterback this week. Jesus, the Rams are just in shambles. <laughs> they are 14-and-a-half-point dogs right now against the Chiefs. Wow. I'd almost take the Chiefs in that one. I probably would have to. Uh, wide receiver, or sorry, running back Jeff Wilson versus the horrible Texans D. I like streaming up for this week i love jeff wilson this week and and running back tristan ebner from the bears versus the jets i feel like you know since the khalil herbert injury he did get some snaps last week and he could make an impact as a streamer this week dave who do you have trending up all right uh a lot of the same ones that you did but i do like james cook actually uh he's a semi-waiver pickup this week as well He's, he's not he's borderline right now but I'm definitely adding him to my trending up, though, because he did get quite a few carries this past week. And he had uh, over 80 yards on the ground. So uh, it's not Hines, actually. It's him they've been going to now after Singletary. So uh, James Cook is a guy I really like. Uh, I do like Richie James against the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys do give up some they, – they had the good pressure on the quarterback, but Daniel Jones did have over 300 yards this past week in the loss. But 
Uh, I think they're still going to throw the ball to us. I do like Richie James trending up against the Cowboys, D. Uh, I do like, actually, the, the Broncos this week against the Panthers. The Panthers have a, that, they do not have a good D as well. I'm, I'm, I'm trending up is going to be uh, Latavius Murray against that poor Panthers, D. And I, I like Cortland Sutton this week, too. He should be a borderline starter, but I'm definitely starting this week against the poor Panthers defense. Uh, it's a matchup I really like. I like Demarcus Robinson, actually, this week, too, against the Jaguars and Isaiah Likely. I think Likely, you'll see him getting a few more touches now at tight end, too, even with Andrews healthy. I think they still go to him a little bit more this week. I like Mostert and Wilson. I like both the running backs against that poor Texans D. I uh, definitely like that matchup for them. Uh, I like David Montgomery, but he's already a borderline starter. But uh, like you said, Ebner's going to get some carries, though, too. So I do, I do agree with you on that. Uh, definitely the Commanders this week. Uh, I like Jahan Dotson, who hasn't really done much since he came back from injury. I like him a lot. Uh, I do like my boy Brian Robinson, too. I like him against the poor Falcons D as well. And I do think Heineke will like like Just the start the whole Washington football team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do like Robinson a lot, though, and I do like Dotson as a, as a sleeper, though. Uh, so he, I think he could have a good game against the poor defense. Uh, I'm actually going with... Uh, James Conner, and I'm going with whoever's starting that quarterback against the Chargers, too. Chargers have not looked good on defense as well, so uh, I like that matchup. I'm going Mac Collins against the Seahawks. Seahawks have not been playing that well in defense either. They're kind of like the Chiefs. They have a good offense, but not a good defense. So I like Mac Collins, the second wideout for the Raiders there, too, as well. Mac Collins. Yeah, he could have done better for me last week. He, you know, the Raiders, uh, that was an ugly game. Someone had to win that game against Denver. Yeah. Oh, just. That was just uh, went to it went to overtime and a low score, just like it always happens. <laughs> well, then, uh, my my other guy that I really like this week against the Packers, actually of all people, is Quez Watkins. He's been coming on lately these last couple weeks. I do like Quez Watkins this week too against the Packers. Quez Watkins, huh? That's interesting there for the Eagles. All right, kind of a under the radar Eagles player. If you're looking past Devontae Smith, <laughs> let's go to with Godard out, he, he had a touchdown this past week, and he had a couple of nice big catches, too. I've been watching the Eagles games the last couple of weeks, and he's been coming on. That's true. Why don't you get in the bus, Dave? All right. Uh, one of the busts this week is going to be the Saints. It's the 49ers. After the 49ers dismantled the Cardinals tonight, uh, I do like the 49ers, and I do not like any Saints this week. Uh, I'm downloading and downgrading. Uh, Andy Dalton is going to be a mess against the 49ers, and I do not like – uh, Chris Olave Olave against the 49ers as well. Sorry about that. Uh, and I do not like Jefferson or Robinson with the backup quarterback against a tough Chiefs team. Uh, even though their defense does give up some points, I think with a backup quarterback in there, if Stanford can't play, uh, that, that is not going to be good for the Rams. Uh, so definitely do not like that matchup. Uh, I'm actually downgrading the the Bengals a little bit against the Titans. Titans have actually been playing well in defense the past couple weeks. I don't know if Samarji Perrine really plays well against the Titans, so I'm downgrading him a little bit this week against him. And Tyler Boyd has not looked good the last couple weeks either, so I'm downgrading him. He probably, he's probably borderline started right now with Chase O, but uh, definitely downgrading him. Uh, Jaguars, downgrading the Jaguars this week. Uh, Baltimore's defense is only getting better as the season goes on, and with Rokon Smith there too now. I do not like the Jaguars, so I'm downgrading uh, Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence this week against the Baltimore Ravens. And Jacoby Brissett against the Buccaneers. I do not like that matchup for him either this week. Buccaneers have been playing a lot better. Uh, I'm down the green Chubb. He's still a must-start, but 
I don't think he's going to do as well this week against the tough Buccaneers run defense. Nice, nice. Uh, so Caden just said he barely won his fantasy league by .07 points because of that garbage interception for the Niners in the, oh, in the end zone wow. at the very end. You know, I, I wouldn't call that garbage. Um, the Niners set themselves up to win that game and put them in desperation, you know, so that that's good for defenses and that those things are almost expected. It would have been more garbagey yeah. if the, if you're betting the over or sorry, betting the under and it was like 49 points and you know, the, the Cardinals scored there. That's garbage, <laughs> but I don't believe that's garbage. You earn that Caden. That's what I'm saying. You earn that win, buddy. You earned it. But, Another two matchup too. Like I said, Thanksgiving Day could be a blowout for the Bills and for the Cowboys. So if their defenses both play if they can, the Giants and Lions could both be in trouble too. So I might I may be hesitant to start some of those guys on both those teams as well. Yeah, mostly yeah, for sure. Yeah, my busts are Travis Etienne versus Baltimore for sure. You know, coming off the bye, I would I, I hope Trevor Lawrence scores a few points. I mean, this Ravens D, I know they got Roquan now, uh, but it's been bad in the past. Maybe Roquan and Bowser and the, some of the guys that are coming back uh, changed that completely. But I, I, I hope to see some life out of the Jaguars after a bye. Uh, Nick Chubb versus Tampa's D. It's hard to bench him, but ugh. yeah. I, I mean, if, if you just happen to have a stacked team of running backs, maybe he's the one you sit down. Isaiah Pacheco versus the Rams D isn't great because that's really all they have is a is a little bit of defense and. Um, you know, they're, they're going to come into this game disrespected and all that. So not loving Pacheco there. Plus, you know, the Chiefs really throw the ball a lot. Uh, wide receiver Kenny Galladay versus the Cowboys isn't really a fun <laughs> matchup here. I, I think the Cowboys have been just fantastic lately, and I'm concerned for the Giants here. I could see Galladay having a bad day, and plus he's already been just disgruntled all year. Wide receiver Christian Watson versus the Eagles could definitely bust. Now, one thing I will say the Packers do have a shot is the Eagles do have a terrible run defense. The Packers just keep pounding the ball, just like you saw the Colts do and just like you saw Washington do the week before. That's their weakness. So let's see if... Yeah, let's see if Lafleur can figure that out and uh, (laughs) not not, not put it on Aaron Rodgers the whole day. Um, It's not like Adams is there. Run the ball. Uh, running back Deonta Foreman versus the Broncos isn't fun. I mean, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tease the, the Carolina Panthers from two and a half to eight and a half all day. But, but uh, it's just another ugly game. It's like you just had them with the Raiders. Now you have them with Carolina. Two ugly games in a row. Wide receiver DJ Moore also versus the Broncos. I hate to say it, but can't trust him anymore. You can't trust no. him to be a starter. It sucks because he was a high draft pick for a lot of people as a wide receiver. Brings us to our nasty sleeper, Dave. Who do you have that's going to put us over the top? Going with Taylor Heineke for the commanders, baby. He's been he's been on fire. Wentz is never going to get his job back this year. I like him. Heineke's the man that's going to take you to the promised land this week. Taylor Heineke. I love it. No, he. I, I, I should have said his name before. Um, he's been um, uh, doing really well since he came in for old Wentz. Uh, uh Woodford HS needed 16 from James Connor and Kittle to win. You think Kittle can keep this up? Hell yes, he can keep oh, this yeah. up. I mean, he was a number two tight end for a long time. Now the pressure is off with uh Christian McCaffrey there. 
they're just going to have to kind of spy him, which is going to leave Kittle more open. I think oh, yeah, Kittle, they have so many weapons there now, too. They can't double-team any of those guys now, so Kittle's going to get his now for sure. Oh, he's going to get his. I almost think that he might be the better play than CMC because CMC is just such a big name. I mean, Don't get me wrong. PPR League, you're going to always start CMC, but, yeah, Kittle's fantastic. I think, I th- I think it's just, just up and coming for George Kittle this week. My nasty sleeper is Jeff Wilson versus the horrible Texans day like for the Miami Dolphins. He's a not monsters. Not really monsters. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, Dave, uh, you'd rip on me too much if I said monster. Uh, they're splitting, really. I think it's uh I know. Wilson I, is the guy there. That's I think Wilson's the goal line guy though. He's gonna get more there and maybe monster gets a few more passes, but um no Wilson's just been awesome there and uh, it was a it was a wonderful transition. I love Jeff Wilson this week. He's gonna have a massive week in my opinion. Dave, anything we missed? No, I think that's it. Just make sure you keep an eye on those injuries this week. Uh, make it, keep an eye on that Zach Wilson situation, too, and those backup quarterbacks, too. Uh, there might be a couple starters that are out this week, like Stafford and Fields, so definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, I hope you weren't starting Zach Wilson anyway, but I will say no, that no. Uh, he wasn't nice with the media. He kind of put the blame on the rest of the team. And he, you can see that's completely his fault. It's just uh, night and day, you know, like when a quarterback yeah, not goes, a good leader. Yeah, like when a quarterback goes out and just look absolutely terrible. Yeah, that's you're the terrible quarterback right now, Wilson. And he's getting compared to Jamarcus Russell, so I think that's pretty disgusting as it is, David. (laughs) All right. Thanks all for tuning in and uh, checking us out on Fantasy Football here. I really appreciate it. And if you have any questions for the next show or every Monday for Fantasy Football, feel free to send us a message at info at theoddsbreakers.com or tweet us at theoddsbreakers. Have a great rest of your week and go get some winners.